All right, so I'm charged today with opening the show. <laughs> and I've been thinking of several witty ways to open it, but I couldn't really think of one. So I want to start with a question, Tammy. Scale of oh, one God. to ten, how generational is your black wealth? <laughs> uh, scale of one to ten? Yeah. Uh, negative 4.7. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah, got a long way to go. Okay, well, I'm so glad that we're having this topic today because I am like a 1.5, not negative, positive now. That's good. Okay. That's good. But it's still 1.5. So (laughs) here we (laughs) go. Hello, everybody. I'm Brian. And I'm Tammy. This is Dear Me. Welcome back. Woohoo! Back for another episode. Here we are. Yay! So, Tammy, how okay. was your week or couple weeks? Um. Well, Thanksgiving just passed. Oh yeah. And uh, it was very fun. I was, you know, able to just kind of have a small holiday celebration with my immediate family. Of course, trying to stay safe uh, during these times. So it was exciting. Um, I do have to give another shout out to your husband for that smoked turkey because mm. that was ridiculous yeah it was so good yes yeah. we killed that turkey it's gone yeah finished the last yeah. of the smoked turkey salad i was hurt <laughs> i was eating it and i was hurt girl right. I was like, Dang. but he gonna make another one for christmas so i just gotta hold on until then <laughs> yes yes it was it was very good so thank you for that um but other than that i pretty chill just kind of like waiting for 2021 to come and things are starting to more or less slow down at work so good that's awesome Mm -hmm. we made it out of the month of november i didn't think it was gonna happen honestly it was touch and go there for a while but we made it we're here we're in december this is the last month of the year this Mm -hmm. is the time where we can all just kick back and spend all our money on relaxing (laughs) exactly (laughs) how have things been for you oh girl so good so good things are looking up we got a christmas concert i just went to a concert last night one of my um students was singing at the sugarland tree lighting concert yesterday so beautiful it was so nice it was a nice night and we had hot chocolate and I'm getting into the Christmas spirit this year and I'm doing a lot of outdoor yes. activities because it's not that cold here. So no. when is it ever? I mean, when usually by this time it's like at least 35, but it's been really eh. warm. <laughs> eh. You know, I was actually looking on Google and they, they had some average temperatures for December in Houston mm-hmm. and it was like 30 something and I was like ah, fake news I live here it's <laughs> not true <laughs> we do get like a no. week and a half of 30 32 maybe <laughs> maybe something like that yeah, Texas girl. is just mm-mm. but mm-mm. we haven't been doing anything we've just been relaxing and working I'm getting a lot of new students because you know everybody wants to I don't know, for some reason, they want to buy other people voice lessons for Christmas gifts. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. That's kind <laughs> that's of an insult, but okay. Okay. It's like, I hear you singing in the shower, and it really sucks. So here's a Christmas gift. 
and Brianna Warner music. How's it going? <laughs> so, if any of you guys out there want to one day be able to afford my services for your terribly singing spouse, I think that today's topic is going to be key for you. So let's get into it. I think so too. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> let's do this. So this is now the third episode in our Black Business series. Um, and today's topic, oh, I'm so excited for it. I have Me to too. admit. Um, today's topic is Black generational wealth, guys. Yes, we are going there today. Um, we are it. super excited. And now you see more why I wanted to keep this a surprise. Because this is going to yes. be a, a good one, y'all. This yes. is going to be a good one. You're going to love it. <laughs> So, of course, for this series, we want to highlight different, you know, black business owners that we know who are, you know, doing their thing, you know, they have their business, they're being successful at it. But we also wanted to target different themes in our communities that we think need to be discussed more. Um, and today's is Black Generational Wealth, as I said before. And so for that, we have hand-selected some amazing guests to talk with us today. So without further ado, um, our first guest is wealth management advisor, Mr. Marlon, <laughs> Mr. Marlon Scott. And he has an extensive background on financial advising, financial planning of any kind. So Marlon, welcome. Hello, Tammy. <laughs> I appreciate the invite, especially considering uh, it was hand selected. Yeah. Love that. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on today. I will Absolutely. also say that he is um, an alumni of the same college I went to. So, whoop, whoop, go Eagles. Go Eagles. Yes. Yes. You and GMG, GMG. <laughs> That's go mean green, by the way, for. True, go mean green, yeah. And okay. our second guest today, Mr. Andre Shaw, a hey. Texas realtor <laughs> and a dear, dear friend of mine from from high school. Andre, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? So good. Thank you for having me. Oh, so excited to have you. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit, Andre. Let's talk. Let's talk, talk to me, Brianna. Let's chop it up. <laughs> We're going to chop it up. <laughs> so tell me, how long have you been a real estate agent? And, you know, what realtors do you work with? So I have been a Texas realtor for about two, almost going on two years. Um, I've worked in real estate, however, for closer to 10 um, on the property, multifamily property management side. Mm -hmm. um, I am holding my license with Nick Bristow with United Real Estate, but I'll work with anybody that's a client. Oh, man. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> um, what's your favorite part about it working as a Texas realtor? Um, there's that's that's a lot. Um, obviously <laughs> negotiating, obviously closing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, probably helping millennials accomplish their real estate goals, especially when they make their purchases and seeing immediate equity. Mm -hmm. um, that's mm. exciting for me because that's really important to me. So that's probably my favorite thing about it. Yeah. Mm, I felt that one. I love that. <laughs> yes. Felt it in my spirit. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So my next question 
stems a lot around my own confusion um, that was just recently <laughs> cleared up. But um, <laughs> there's a lot of confusion out there around how real estate agents are paid in the first place. Can you just kind of explain about how um, people in real estate are compensated? Like, do your clients have to pay you directly when you help them search for a home? Or like, how does that work? There's so many ways to be paid as a realtor. Um, you have two different types of agents, or technically three, which is a combination of the two. You have a buyer's agent, a seller's agent, and then like intermediary, which is when you represent both parties. Uh-huh. Um, as a seller's agent, typically in your um, agreement with that seller, you'll outline what's going to be the seller's agent commission and traditionally what's going to be the buyer's agent commission. And that is going to come out of your um, seller's net profit. Whereas as a buyer's agent, you have your buyer's representation agreement and it could be, in Texas, it's you know, typically 3%, right? But in the DFW, because our market is so competitive, we're seeing a lot of like 2.25, 2.5. So I was just like an average is anywhere between 2 to five, two to 3%. Mm-hmm. And that's still coming from the seller as well. So you'll have your agreement with your client. Um, and if there's a deficit, Technically, you can ask your client to pay the deficit. I don't because, I mean, if the seller's going to pay me 2.5%, I'm going to have my client come to the table with more money. Mm -hmm. Um, So seller's agents typically, I'm sorry, the seller typically pays the commission. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know it was all those different ways. Yeah, right. Yeah. (laughs) See, learning. This is what this is all about. We're learning. We're stacking knowledge on knowledge. I love it. I know. (laughs) This dude is getting multiple checks. I love it. Right. (laughs) So (laughs) what what do you think is the biggest myth that you hear about home buying? That it's hard. Because (laughs) that it's hard. Um, I've been working in multifamily property management, like I said, for closer to 10 years, and I've been a licensed realtor for, you know, almost two. And some of the rental rates I see in the DFW are crazy. They A plus, because I work in um, A plus luxury, you're talking about rental rates that are typically two and three times some people's mortgages. And so mm-hmm. people get intimidated when they hear purchasing simply because they think that it's going to come with this grandiose um, responsibility, when in reality... It's just you know, faith and being prepared. So as a realtor, I feel like if you can bridge the gap and yield an authentic experience for your client, it's not intimidating at all. It's actually better for them. It's, most, it's better for most, in my opinion, to just own because at least you have an asset of so stuff in somebody else's pockets by renting and renting and then not having something that they can pay. Going into the black hole, mm-hmm. as I call it. Yeah. Yep. Rent. Yep. That's a good point. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> oh absolutely. my goodness. That's interesting. I can't wait to hear more about that because yeah. I do feel like home buying is just hard. Like it's scary. It's no. And you know what? It's really not once you get in the process. But it's yes. like, so for me, it's been hard because credit issues and mm. past mistakes and like stuff like that. So it's rebuilding back to a place where it can be easy for me. Because once right. you're... Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, and so that's a common problem that a lot of people have. Everyone has made those mistakes, have had, you know, these charge-offs. I've seen some people put some repossessions on their credit, you know, these, Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. Of course, none of those things are good, but they're not the end of the world. And um, there's all sorts of credit repair programs available. I'm not a credit repair specialist, but a good realtor will always refer you to someone. Yes. 
<laughs> so, you know, having that, um, having those resources, a realtor having those resources, having those people that can say, hey, um, this is what you should do. This is how you should keep your credit. This is what you should pay down. This is what you should pay off. This is what you should dispute. Because a lot of people just don't know how these different um, things on their credit is impacting their actual score. Mm-hmm. And there's all sorts of programs with helping with um, you know, down payment assistance, um, like, you know, like T-Shack and with people who have like, um, low income, there's still great programs out there for you to get this down payment assistance, simply yeah. three to five percent of your purchase price. Um, so having a, a realtor with those resources and someone who can, like I said, bridge the gap and give you that knowledge and give you, give you what it is that you need to be successful, it'll take all those fears away. Exactly. You're right. It's wow. all about the realtor. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's where it starts. So call me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Will do. I love it. We'll talk about Wait, where I, you can call Andre a little bit later. <laughs> right? I do have a quick question. So going to school at UNT, I used to live in DFW for four years. Okay. And But I just I had to move back home to Houston. Yeah. So my question is, why did you move away from home to DFW? So, so the funny thing is, in 2011, after we graduated high school, I went to the University of Texas at Arlington. And then... Mm-hmm. I fell in love with the DOW. I fell in love with um, everything about it. Um, I always tell people that Houston raised me, but Dallas pays me. Um, <laughs> there's a marginal difference in income opportunities between Houston and the DFW. Mm-hmm. Um, so coming to the DFW was not scary because I have so many family members here, but um, you know, staying in the DFW just seemed like the right thing to do. And I still go home. Um, when I want to see my family, when I need to see my family, when something's going on, but I love being in the DFW. And I lived right down the street from UNC about two years ago because I was living in Louisville. So right off 35. Oh, wow. Yeah, you were right there. Yes. Oh, wow. That makes sense, though. I, yeah. I will admit, I would have stayed in the DFW had I found the right position, but I just didn't find the right one. What is DFW for people that aren't from Texas, y'all? Oh, sorry. Sorry. We (laughs) We uh, have listeners all over the world. Dallas Fort Worth. Dallas Fort Worth. (laughs) Yes. So, you know, that's like your Dallas, your Louisville, your Irving, your Plano, (laughs) your Richardson, Arlington. (laughs) Yes. Basically. My bad. Okay, so (laughs) yes, moving on to Mr. Marlon Scott. So, Marlon, let's start at the very beginning. So, you are a wealth management advisor and you're affiliated with Wealth Standard Financial. So, can you tell us more about your position and the services you offer? I absolutely can. Yeah. So, the name of our company is Wealth Standard Financial, our broker dealer which means that's where your funds are housed. That's where if something were to happen to me, your account would still live because it is being uh, being handled by our broker dealer. Mm. Uh, it, it's LPL Financial. Most people haven't heard of LPL Financial because LPL Financial um, caters to financial advisors, but they are the we are the largest independent financial uh, firm out there. Uh, most people have heard of Ameriprise, which is where I came from, Ameriprise Financial. I was there six years. Most people have heard of Raymond James. Well, LPL Financial is larger than both of those. Um, 
So yes, I'm a, a wealth management advisor, financial advisor, stockbroker. There are many names. Back in the day, it used to just be called a stockbroker, but now we do so much more. Mm-hmm. We handle your entire financial life, starting with a financial plan. If you want stocks, we'll do that. You need you want ETFs, which are exchange traded funds. We'll do that. You want mutual funds, we'll do that. Wow. Uh, you want alternative investments, we'll do that. You want life insurance, which is one of the things I'll focus on in this generational wealth discussion. Mm-hmm. We do that. I don't handle I don't handle health insurance or um, or auto insurance, although I've got a license for health insurance. I don't don't do all that, but um, life insurance for sure. Awesome. Wow. Yes, you guys do a lot. And I remember taking a business class in college where we kind of briefly went over ETFs and mutual funds. And I only remember a little bit, but it's just crazy to like be talking to someone who actually handles all of that. That's just, that's wild. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. People are, uh, people generally have a general idea, but we as a country do a horrible job of educating mm-hmm. uh, people uh, in general, not just not just black folks, but people in general on finances. It, it really mm-hmm. should be something we start with in, in high school. It should be mm-hmm. a separate financial class if on, on budgeting, if nothing else. I agree. A hundred percent. That's actually I one of the remember things. Getting to, to North Texas, you know, as you know, used to be North Texas State. And I, yeah. think, I'm, I think I'm older than you, Tanner. So <laughs> I you think, pro- just a little you, bit. You probably went to UNT. I went to North Texas State, all right? <laughs> uh, and I remember getting there, you know, as a freshman, you get no mail, right? So you excited to get some mail. And mm-hmm. it was from the credit card companies because they were opening up credit cards for you, you're approved because, you know, your credit was off the chain because you hadn't done that. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, yeah, I uh, I fell into that trap. <laughs> yep. yep. You know, North Texas, I was dating, I was, you know, trying to impress, and, you know, movies, dinners. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> let's, let's stay in the point. <laughs> Ooh, Mr. Marlon was a player back in the day with them credit cards. I didn't, I didn't say that. I was I was a responsible dater. It's just I was not responsible with them credit cards. <laughs> As the young folks said, I was I was you know, I was out there flossing. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, so speaking of that, you know, what made you get into financial planning? When did you first start? So I, you know, as as you mentioned, North Texas and the DFW area, I'm in Houston now, been here since 2005, but I was born and raised in in Dallas in the Pinks. Anybody from Oak Cliff knows about the Pinks. We left, I went to Kansas City, worked for uh, KPMG in Kansas City. I worked for our family-owned CPA firm up there, and then I came back. And we uh, found a house in Frisco back when Frisco was, you know, country. Preston <laughs> with two lanes. The tollway stopped at Frankfurt. 
you know, I mean, it was nothing out there. Mm. Um, and I would go to the Chamber of Commerce meetings and, you know, people would introduce themselves, say what they did, blah, blah, blah. And I met this guy that was a financial advisor and, you know, he was trying to get me to sign up as a, as a, a client and I would listen to him. You know, I majored in, in, account, in a, accounting in college um, and I would listen to him and I would be like, dang, this dude's a financial advisor? He had paid for telling me these things? And he wasn't, I said, because he was not very intelligent in my opinion. <laughs> You're right. Because like I said, I was an accounting major, so I could could understand what he was saying. I was like, well, that's that's not right. But okay, <laughs> carry on. You know, keep saying what you're saying. And I'm like, if this dude can get paid for doing that, I can't do. You know, my uncle had always told me, you need to be a you should be a stockbroker. Well, you know, I'm not about that commission life, right? Mm-hmm. I need, a, I need a check, mm-hmm. I need a, a wage, right? Mm-hmm. That I know is gonna hit every week, and that commission, well, you know, some some weeks you might get paid, some weeks you might not. Mm-hmm. I'm about that life, but eventually I did. You know, moved to Houston, worked at, started at UBS in River Oaks, which mm-hmm. is like Highland Park in Dallas. Then went to uh, Bank of America Investments, uh, who bought Merrill Lynch, so I became a part of the, the thundering herd of Merrill Lynch, mm-hmm. then Ameriprise, and now, and now I'm independent. Wow. Long history there. But <laughs> that's, that's cool, though, that, you know, you were at least inspired by this guy, whether he was intelligent or not. Yeah. <laughs> by the failures of others. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, okay. So now bringing you back to present times, mm-hmm. what is the number one bad habit that you see from your clients when it comes to their finances? That's easy. Listening to other people who have no money. <laughs> wow. That is such a good one. That is, yes, that is, that is easy. Yeah. And I say that now because, you know, you're going to see Uncle Bobo and Aunt Minnie <laughs> over Thanksgiving and Christmas. And they're going to be telling you about, man, I got some Tesla and I got some Apple and I'm all mm-hmm. over this Moderna. Okay, that's cool. But they won't tell you about them losses. Mm-hmm. Right? They're only going to tell you about them gains. And you as an individual should ask that next question. Uh, okay, so where are you getting this information from? Where are you getting your financial mm-hmm. knowledge? Uh, what, you know, wh- why would you get into Moderna and you 70 years old? You know, do you really think you should be taking on that kind of risk with a pharmaceutical that's volatile as heck, you know? Mm-hmm. But, you know, we don't know to ask those questions. Yeah. We just hear hear that. And, and and frankly, by the time it gets to the general public and people are talking about it, it's probably too late. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you don't get into a particular investment, but you get in a little bit at a time versus taking your, you know, you, let's say you got a thousand dollars to invest. You don't throw a thousand dollars at Moderna mm-hmm. because it's already probably peaked 
and uh, you know it, it's uh, due for uh, for a correction, as they call it. Mm. So, yeah. Oh yeah, goodness! Easy, easy <laughs> answer. That's smart. That's good advice. I think I think we've all been a victim of that. Yeah. Um, at some yeah. point. And, and uh, yeah, and I'm not again. No, no, no blame. No, no shade being thrown. I'm just saying, yeah, you need to stop doing it. Just, no, just yeah. Stop. That's why we're here to to get people to understand, you know, mm-hmm. like how we can do this better. Because yeah. obviously we need some help. Our community, especially, we need some help. Yes. When you know better, so. you do better. Exactly. So are there any prerequisites or qualifications that people need to have before they come to you, Marlon? And Basically, in short words, what does a person need to start working with you? There are no prerequisites. You you need help. That's why you come to me. So don't think that you've got to be completely prepared. My, and I'll give you a case in point. I did a Zoom cast with a group of attorneys here, women attorneys here in Houston, and I've gotten a few calls from, from folks that want to do something. The one lady, you know, she's she's rescheduled a meeting two or three times now because she says, well, I'm, I'm just not ready. I'm, I'm, I mean, if I show you where I am now, it's just embarrassing. I got to get. I was like, well, that's the reason you call me. What, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? There's mm-hmm. no, there's no, no, you don't get ready. I'm helping you get ready. Let's mm-hmm. let's go. You know, right. Stop. Mm-hmm. Stop hesitating. <laughs> right. You plan. We're playing. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, but yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to get ready. You just well. Now, what you do need to make a decision that you want to do something, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's not. It's not. I'm not going to say it's hard, but you do have to at least initially give me some time. Let me help you get uh, get started. You're gonna. We're going to go through and look at and talk about some things that you don't want to talk about and you don't mm-hmm. feel like doing. And I, and I understand that. But mm-hmm. this is a, you know, a, a day, a few days, a week or whatever. Let's say let's say it's you know two weeks. But once we're set up, we're good. Right. For 10, 15, 20, 30 years. Right. I mean, we're mm-hmm. going to obviously keep talking and revisit. But the initial conversations or the longest, those after that, it's just maintenance. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. you call and saying, hey, so-and-so passed, what do I do with this? Or, hey, I got laid off. Yeah, we need to roll this over. Hey, you know, you know that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. basically, come as you are, as they tell the church come folks. Come as you are. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. As they say in the church house. Right. <laughs> you ain't even got your you ain't even got to put the put your finger in the air to walk out. Just, just go on. Walk yeah. on out. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So at the end of the episode, make sure you stay and listen because both of our guests will be sharing where you can follow them, their websites, where, they, where you can learn more and all that good stuff. So hey, in real the quick, meantime, can, I, can I throw something in that's a bit topical to our yeah. discussion? OK, so this morning I talked with the president of a nonprofit. I'm on the board of um, Treasury, uh, CSTEM here in Houston. And she says, you know, ask me 
do we deal with or do we set up private family foundations and blah, blah, blah. So I say, well, you know, it depends. Maybe you want a donor advice fund. What, what are you trying to do? And she tells me that uh, this guy, she said, yeah, one of your frat brothers passed away suddenly. I was like, dang, that's messy. And she says, Bruce Johnson. I'm like, because oh, I know this dude. Went mm-hmm. to UNT. His son is playing at UNT right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, around my age, they were at their lake house and he had a heart attack. Gone. So in my mind, obviously, I'm thinking, God, I hope they were insured. I hope he mm-hmm. is passing this on. I hope they had their wills or trusts in mm-hmm. place. Most likely they did because he's a sharp guy. Uh, insurance wise, I think he's pretty much covered because he's, you know, his corporation mm-hmm. is, is on top of him. He was an executive there, but that's, that's why these conversations are needed because you just don't mm-hmm. know yeah. when mm-hmm. it's going to happen. And it just highlighted also a reason that I focus on, on female professionals because we as males tend to die early. Mm-hmm. And we pass money on to the spouses. And many times, unfortunately, in our industry, we don't talk to the female. We mm-hmm. don't talk to the wife. We don't talk to the woman. We're focusing on the husband. And I also said to the the, the president of, of our nonprofit, I said, well, find out who their advisor is because I'm I'm one of those that if you got a good advisor, use them. Yeah, I love the business, but I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to take somebody from someone that's got a good relationship with their advisor. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. more important that they get what they need rather than me getting a new client. Right. So right. She find out who they have. She said, Well, I think she the way she sounded, she was saying, Yeah, that's Bruce's advisor. I said, Yeah, that's kind of the way I thought. Mm-hmm. But I out for sure. And if not, uh, then yeah, I will do everything I can for him because you know, number one is frat, two he's from UNT, uh, and and he's a friend. So anyway, just thought I'd throw that. No, definitely some good points, especially about not talking to the spouses. I never Mm -hmm. even thought about that or considered that to be an issue. I saw Um, it all the time. Yeah. So, oh man. Definitely a, a great point, which I think was also a great segue into our official conversation mm-hmm. for this episode, um, talking about Black generational wealth. Um, and Marlon, I'm going to go ahead and start with you. Mm-hmm. So what is your idea of generational wealth? Let's just start there. <laughs> My idea of generational wealth is you making it easier for the generation after you so Mm -hmm. they don't have to start over right Mm -hmm. take advantage you know think of it as a relay you're just passing the baton versus you starting at the starting blocks uh of 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 this particular race right because that's the way our counterpart uh did it you know Mm -hmm. they'll tell you that they've been oh i've been bootstrapped and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. They started on third base, right? Yeah. Right. From property that they ancestors took from us, but we don't even want to go there. That's mm-hmm. a whole nother podcast. Another podcast. But they take care of themselves, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. They, they transfer money 
uh, and, and from a tax standpoint, they do the right thing. They, uh, you know, the, the, you think about the people that have money, the Rockefellers, mm -hmm. uh, the Bill Gates, et cetera. But you also think about, um, the Vanderbilts, right? Mm -hmm. They mm -hmm. had a lot of money, but they don't have as much as they used to because mm -hmm. they didn't properly do their, estate planning and insurance and, and that kind of thing. So uh, if you if you look up Anderson Cooper, because he actually, his mom is, was at, is, is uh, uh, Gloria Vanderbilt, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. he, he ain't going to get as much money as he thought he was because they, they, they blew it along the way. That's right? interesting. Mm -hmm. so, um, but yeah, the, the generational wealth, in my opinion, is making it easier for the next generation uh, so they are not starting from scratch. And yep. what I am teaching uh, people that I talk to is let's try to do it uh, via tax-free uh, ways. And insurance is not just for a death benefit. It also can be used as an asset. Mm -hmm. And they are using it a lot. But we're mm -hmm. not. Mm -hmm. Right. That's a great point. Very true. Andre, what about you? You know, Mr. Scott hit the nail on the head. Yeah. <laughs> nail on the head. I couldn't agree more. Um, generational wealth to me is definitely by making it easier for, you know, the the ones to come. But um, to add on to that, I feel like it's important to by diversifying your portfolio. You know, no matter mm -hmm. how you're generating your wealth, no matter how you're generating, um, you know, different assets, you know, mm -hmm. all your eggs in one basket, have several streams of income um, that way. You know, when you have children and they have children or um, nieces, nephews, whoever is to come, they have multiple um, sources to, to keep this going. Yeah. To pull yes. Down. That's good, yeah. I like that. That's what we're trying to work on is, is getting multiple sources. Right. Income. And it's so important um, to start that at our age, too. Yeah, I know. I do kind of feel... You know, and maybe I might change up my answer a little bit to your first question, Brian, because I will say <laughs> that even though I didn't necessarily have the finances that were passed down to me, yeah, I will at least say that I definitely started from a much better position than my mom started from. Exactly. Than my granddad started from, yeah. than my great granddad started from. Yeah. So mm -hmm. th there's some sort of something that's yes. being passed down. And we well, just I gotta keep to it going. <laughs> jump the gap between our yes. gay, our right. gap keep and the white people it. gap. <laughs> we need the baton. Exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. So, what are the top factors, in your opinion, Andre, that contribute to the wealth gap in our community? For me, it's the the knowledge and information that we just don't know, and mm -hmm. the um, not being not understanding that it's okay to reach out to a financial advisor, reach out to someone who has already um, created the four plan the the four plan that way you can just you know follow their follow them such as Mr. Scott have someone who's been doing this um, the I I would love to have a conversation with them about all the different tax incentives because as a realtor I pay a lot of taxes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pay a lot of taxes and so. Um, yeah, the knowledge and knowing the different resources and knowing the different opportunities um, because it's not about how much money you make, right? It's about how much money you keep. And, um, mm. and that's, you know, very important. Mm -hmm. 
That is awesome. I love that. I love Mm -hmm. that. That is a great point. That is really nice. What about you, (laughs) Mom? What do you think is the top factor? Just jumping on on top of that. That that uh, it's not how much you make; it's how much you keep. Don't Mm -hmm. talk to me about your W two and how much you're making. I need to see your net worth statement. Right. What's your assets? What's your liabilities? What's your equity? That's what we're trying to build. Yeah. Oh, we're going to get deep on this episode. I love that. That is, I love it. That's nice. That's good. I'm excited. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So, Marlon, from your perspective, what is the first step to working toward generational wealth for our families? First step is a financial plan. Because okay. that puts it on paper. One of the things, if you looked at my, look at my LinkedIn uh, profile, I say it's not, when it comes to finances, it's not what you think, it's what you know, right? Mm. So you think you got, yeah, I got about so-and-so, and I, you know, I think I owe this, and I, I spent about this much a month, and I think just do it, let's do a financial plan, put it on paper, because it's mm. almost a guarantee I forgot about, yeah, I used to work mm-hmm. at, at Exxon Mobil and I just left that 401k there. I, I forgot about that. And I, you know, let me, full disclosure, I, I mentioned I was at Bank of America Investments and then it became Merrill Lynch. But at Bank of America Investments, we had a pension because banks and oil and gas companies general are, are good at having pensions, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'll admit, just this past summer, they sent me a, a email. You need to go out and update your address. Follow us. You know, I almost deleted it. I was like, all right, fine. Let me go out here and update this address in case something, you know, they need to get information to me, blah, blah, blah. And I go out there, log in to, to the Fidelity site, and I see numbers. And I'm like, uh, I left money over there? You know, I'm preaching it to my clients, right? Yeah. I mean, I was happy on one on, in one sense, and on another mm-hmm. sense, I was pissed. <laughs> yeah. What you doing? That's pension money sitting there doing yeah. nothing, earning mm-hmm. zero interest. Because you know, once you're gone, they ain't contributing no more. It's mm-hmm. just sitting. Yep. You know, I'm like I gotta, I gotta throw that in some Tesla and some. Apple, some yeah, yeah. So I said all that to say, you got to start with a financial plan so we can lay it out uh, and and see where you are, and then make moves accordingly. Because you know, you come to me saying you want to invest. If we lay out all your all your stuff, and I see that your liabilities are are high, you've got credit cards that you're paying eighteen to twenty percent on. Mm-hmm. What, what good is it is is it for me to make you ten to twelve and you paying them twenty? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you know, let's get rid of them credit cards. Then we can talk about investing. Right, mm-hmm. right. Good, good. Yeah, Ooh, man. That's a great point, Andre. What about you from your perspective? From my perspective, two things: one, education. You know, mm-hmm. and understanding. You know, assets, liabilities. You know, and net. Um, and then there's this idea in our, in our families that, you know, once you 
turn 18 and you have to, you know, move out and get your first apartment. Yes. Yes. Credit cards. And you have to graduate high school. You have to go to a four year university and pay, you know, hundreds of dollars for credit hour. We get these same credits at, you know, your local community college for $55. Mm. Um, You know, so frequently I see, you know, some some people who graduate and they have hundreds of thousands (laughs) of dollars of student debt. Then I see their peers who stayed at home until they were 22 years old and then they went to a graduate programs and they're getting their 70, you know, 65, $70,000 salaries with no debt. And I'm just like, man, you mean I could have stayed at Deidre House? <laughs> you know what I mean? And, you know, got those couple of hours and went to HCC. I, but, you know, it's just, yeah, I didn't know the, I didn't know. And, you know, for so long, there's this, you know, generational um, standard of when you turn this age and you graduate from high school, you need to do this and you need to do this and you need to do this. And before you know it, you know, you're 25, 30 years old with, you know, 70, $75,000 worth of debt that mm-hmm. you did not have to get into. Um, mm-hmm. had to, so um, education and then knowing the different um, resources and opportunities to take. That's so true, though. And I and then, you know, people kind of forget that added element. Like right now I'm, you know, engaged, you know, mm-hmm. great news. Um, oh, but <laughs> yeah, thank that's you. That's yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> but the thing that comes with that is now we're merging our lives. So now I don't just have my debt. Now we have his debt. Ooh, girl. So, <laughs> you know, we're like way more in the hole than I initially expected because mm-hmm. I was just thinking about myself, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you have to, yeah, you together. have to. Two come together as one. Yeah, <laughs> as as one big old school loan debt. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, but no. So I I think, like you said, being educated and taught young, you know, at a young age, Marlon, like you said, starting in high school, you know, like I feel like if just half of us could have been a bit more strategic when it came to things like that, where would we be now? You know. Yeah, no, I understand that, that that some of the on the other side they hear those conversations at the at the dinner table. They hear those conversations mm-hmm. at at the at the lake house in the summer. Yep. Uh, they hear those conversations yep. on Sunday after playing golf. You know, bringing the kids up for for lunch and dinner, and and they have those conversations. And we tend to you know be talking about the. Uh, uh, Jeezy and um, the Gucci Man battles. So, um, not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying we need to mix in. Right, we yeah. can do both. We can do right. both. I agree. I agree. And by the way, I don't know why Gucci Man thought he could hang with Jeezy, but that's that's enough. No, that was embarrassing. <laughs> it was truly. I was totally, I was totally a Gucci fan before the first. Hey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as a as a realtor, Andre, you should you I know you appreciate it when Jesus was like, look, bro, you you talking about all that bling you got? I, I own half of Atlanta, bro. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Come on. Talk to me. It's 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 a it's it's a crime shame, but um <laughs> I think that Jeezy definitely I well, you know what, let me say this. I was excited to see how many of my peers appreciated what it is. Jeezy had to say, because there's this idea that everybody wants, you know, the flash and the, 
the cars mm-hmm. and the jewelry. And more and more millennials are woke. <laughs> you know, yeah. they, yes. they want, you know, um, you know, the net worth. They yeah. want a better life. And I think that's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So <laughs> on that same note, Andre, what do you think as a as a Texas realtor, in your professional opinion, um, <laughs> what do you think, and your non-professional opinion, your personal opinion as a person who owns things, um, mm. what do you think makes a house a good investment? You know, especially considering the housing market is shaky and everything so... Um, so fickle. Yeah, so, so fickle, fickle right now. What do you think is a mark in the good direction on the, on the pros list? I am so glad you asked me that because so many people think the housing market is shaky and it is what is the strongest it's ever been. <laughs> so, you know, it, and it all depends on the family. You know, some people purchase homes with short-term goals of seeing it, um, buying it, and, you know, putting it on Airbnb after two years. Mm-hmm. Right. With the idea that they're going to raise their children it's in the best school districts and they're going to stay there for, you know, 10 years. Um, some people buy their homes because they say they want to diversify their portfolio and get some assets. So it really just depends on what that person's, you know, own goal is. Some people's goals are financial, some are familial, some are, um, physical, social, you know, it just depends on what their goal is. I would always say, talk to a good realtor and, um, you know, talk to and get that personal, um, opinion because if my goals are to just have, you know, a piece of property where I can put it on Airbnb and see some residual income, whereas your goals is to, you know, see your girls have a house in the best school district. You know, our goals and needs for an idea of a good investment are going to be completely different. Right. right. So that's, so that's, that's that. But right now I say, you know, start with the comparative market analysis, see what that market is doing, see what the trends are in that area over the last six months, and then figure out if that's consistent with your goals. And if it's consistent with your goals, mm-hmm. go for it. I like how you said earlier, you said that, you know, you're one of those people that like, you rather just own something because at least you have something you can call your own. You have an asset. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm right there with you. Like, yeah. if there's some way I can own something, because a lot of us don't own much. Yeah. You yeah. know, we rent, we rent, we lease, we do yeah. all that, but we don't own. Yeah. So I'm all for that for sure. 100%. It's so important. It's so important. Yeah, I agree. So Marlon, this question is for you. The original question was, how does having a financial plan set us up for success? But I kind of want to take it a step further and just say, why is it important to get, you know, to work with someone like you to to get some sort of financial advice from professional? What are we missing as a community? Mm. We're missing the fact that you have just like you pay for professionals like Andre when you're looking for a house uh, and you pay a professional to come out and, and you know, spray for, for termites and all that kind of stuff. And you pay for professionals to to do your lawn if you've got a, you know, a, 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 a big yard and, and, and put money into landscaping and flowers mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So you pay professionals in, in other areas. Why wouldn't you pay a professional or management? Mm-hmm. And um, so 
that I think is is one of the things that that we're missing. That that was the, the question, right? What yes. Was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you also pay us for the experience that we have in knowing what mistakes others like you have made in the past. So Mm -hmm. instead of you going out and making your own mistakes, doing your own finances, and you know, some people have the knowledge to do it. You don't necessarily have the time and then you know you you feel like you do just because one week or one month or one quarter you're able to focus on it and then you go another six months and don't you don't have the time right Mm -hmm. so give it to somebody who does have the time uh and but you're paying also for the fact that i've seen the mistakes that you have made or are going to make so why not benefit from that And and you may pay me one percent, one and a half percent to manage your portfolio. And you think, oh, that's too much. I got it. okay. All right, then go ahead and keep losing ten and twelve percent, mm-hmm. and see which is which one is more cost effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I was just going to say, seeing bigger picture like that is a is a big obstacle that a lot of people have. Is that we tend to see things what's right in front of us in this moment and don't mm-hmm. look at the bigger picture of how much we're losing when we don't make those those smart decisions. Yeah, and, and like Andre mentioned, it goes back to education. Mm-hmm. We just don't know. We don't know any better. A lot mm-hmm. of things we have to unlearn. Yes, right. We just weren't brought up that way. And our parents and grandparents, you know, they didn't necessarily have financial advisors because they're, you know, they're one a lot of us. Yeah, we're, even now, I'm only, I represent 2% of all the financial advisors out there. There's just not a lot of us in wow. this industry mm-hmm. yeah wow. and it's ridiculous wow i'm you know first <clears throat> oh, excuse me uh you know i was sick of being the first black advisor in in these various locations mm-hmm. and you know this late in the game you know i wasn't mm-hmm. i wasn't the first black advisor at merrill lynch out in uh sugarland when i was there uh yolanda adams uh, ex-husband was in that office so he was the first but I was I mean I was the only one there um, and and then at uh, prior to that at uh, UBS and River Oaks you know it was it was just me mm-hmm. and it, that's 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 crazy that mm-hmm. is and now you know to, to to be the first or the only in in these various financial advising offices there's don't you know, don't tell me like the Wells Fargo CEO is telling me, oh, we just have problems finding good uh, uh, minorities in financial positions. No, mm-hmm. no. You're doing that on purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, this far out. If you guys watch CNBC, notice now all of a sudden you're seeing a lot of black right. people on, a lot mm-hmm. of black contributors. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tiffany McGee, she and I chat. Back and mm-hmm. forth on on LinkedIn quite a bit. Um, Bono and Ison, he's on uh, Fast Money. You know, you didn't see them before, but now mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you know, Black Lives Matter this summer. Now mm-hmm. we see a lot of black folks. Yeah. Like, okay, so 
last summer we became qualified and the mm-hmm. last 10 years we haven't been? Right. Or is it that y'all weren't looking? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. They're killing me. Yep. And yeah. that's actually one of the reasons why we wanted to start this episode because, I mean, start this uh, series, um, the Black Business Series, is because I've been telling people, so I work in marketing full time. So I'm seeing it from a completely different perspective. Now I'm seeing companies who I followed for years who all of a sudden have 17 different black models. And I'm like, uh, where did this come from? Now you guys have black people in your ads. You have black people in your campaigns. You have black influencers. (laughs) Whoa. Like, you know, Um, and I I love to tell people I'm like, black is trending right now. (laughs) We are trending. Um, And I'm so, taking advantage of that black. Uh, yeah, that black look, and you know what? It's black. crazy because our culture has always been trending, but our faces mm-hmm. have not, which is exactly. absolutely That's insane. Exactly. Boom. Exactly. Boom. They yes. didn't want to see us. They just wanted to be us. Okay. <laughs> 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 Ooh, I'm at the right so kind of a spinoff question for you, Marlon. So of course, it's important that we all have some sort of financial plan, some sort of advisor or something to keep us going. And I'm just wondering your thoughts around um, Black entrepreneurs. You know, like I, I often see entrepreneurs trying to do it all themselves, right? right. So what what would you say to those people who are trying to do it all themselves, including handling all their finances for, you know, their business and whatever else, you know? Well, okay. The first thing is stay in your lane, right? So (laughs) he's just going to say it like it is. (laughs) I mean, you know, you, you know, I'm, I'm doing this instead of watching football. So I might as well come straight at it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The, if, if you are focusing on your finances, as you should, and and that time that you're putting on that could be spent on building your business, mm-hmm. right? right. Mm-hmm. Doing what you enjoy, what you have the core competency to do, right? Mm-hmm. So do that week, that two weeks of, of prep work and get it going and then be done with it and get on about your business, right? Mm-hmm. While you're doing that, your money is working for you and you're growing in the background. You know, something comes up financially, you got a question, you call your financial advisor. I would suggest you do blah, blah, blah. No, don't do that. I wouldn't do that. I would get this kind of plan for my company. I would, uh, you know, set up this for my employees. I wouldn't do that. But, mm-hmm. you know, hang up the phone and, and you're good. So I'm mm-hmm. saving you hours of research, hours of time, focusing on which 401k I should set up for my business. Well, you, mm-hmm. you know, you could do that research and study, but why not take advantage of my expertise, right? Right. And, and you'll hear people say, uh, mm-hmm. well, you know, I'm paying you this, mo- this much money. It's only taking you an hour to do my plan. Okay. But you're paying me this much money because I've got the expertise to do yep. your plan. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Right. That's what you're paying for. That's what you're yeah. paying for. Right? Yeah. No, that's no, that makes perfect sense. I, I tell people it's kind of the same with marketing. 
I tell people, it's not that you don't know what you're doing. I'm sure you have an idea of how to market your business in today's world. Mm -hmm. The difference between you and I is that for one, I can do it quicker um, because I've spent so much time doing this. And for two, um, I can give you your time back to focus on your business. That's all yeah. that it's about. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, it's it's the same thing. It's funny because the way you describe it, Marlon, I kind of see you as like the family lawyer, but like <laughs> the, the family financial. You know, like you call <laughs> when you have a problem. Yeah. You help right. them solve right. it. <laughs> um, Andre, what would you say to people who are just starting from the bottom and they don't have a lot to invest? you know, into a house mm -hmm. or into a property. They don't have a lot to invest into it up front, but they do want to start dipping their toe in. What would you say to them? You know, kind of piggybacking off of what Mr. Marlon said, respect professional opinions. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, utilizing the resources around you, um, utilizing the people who you know have accomplished what it is that you want to accomplish or, um, are working towards what it is that you have to accomplish because if you can save yourself that time and those mistakes, you know, if you already don't have the, 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 the cash to do it, you definitely don't need any, any mistakes. Mm -hmm. So we'll start yeah, with, mm -hmm. with, you know, a realtor, um, working with a financial advisor. And um, once you get that done, start saving. Start, just start saving mm -hmm. because there are a lot of costs associated with, you know, um, Starting the process to home buying, there's you know inspections and earnest money and um, costs, um, you know all this, all this, all these different costs. Um, so starting with a good realtor, starting with someone who can help you write out your financial goal and write out your um, real estate goals. Awesome. I really like that. Um, you know when you're able to to just there's so many different ways that you can start. You know getting in that mm -hmm. mindset, even if you don't have a lot. There's so many little different tendrils you can start spreading out if you right. have you know a bigger money in your mind than you have in your pocket so i like that and, th and there's a lot of resources around us that we don't know such as like for instance um, darwin german a lot of times when people i worked for darwin german for about four years he is a multi-family um real estate developer and darwin german real estate is one of the largest here in the dfw and a lot of times when people hear i'm a i'm a multi-family real estate developer they think oh my god this person has to be a millionaire and that's not the case at all um <laughs> that is not the case at all but you know you can become a millionaire in real estate in real estate specifically multi-family um real estate because i mean the average american is going to spend close to 30 percent of their disposable income on the roof over their head and so if you're going to um do that then you may as well do it while you're owning it. Yeah. And so um, reaching out to these different companies and this, you know, crowd sharing and multifamily real estate development and doing all the things that you already have, have your, at your fingertips are going to be important. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, I actually saw a stat before me and my fiance saw a stat. I don't know how true it is, or I can't remember where it came from, but it said that 90% of wealth starts with real estate. And it's not even just owning a bunch of properties and trying to balance a bunch of stuff, but it's also people who got into their first home, paid mm -hmm. it off, paid off all mm -hmm. their debt and started investing. And, you know, like mm -hmm. something as simple as that. And I was just like, I could do that. Yeah, we could do it. We just got to we got to we got to be patient mm -hmm. for one and, mm -hmm. you know, realize that we're not always going to get a quick buck back. 
You know, I think right. that's our problem. We kind of live in this microwave society where we just yes. want the money right back right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. you know, that's yeah. what stops and, us. And that, and that, that can very well be true because, you know, most, the biggest purchase that most people are going to make is going to be their home. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Most people want to make um, six-figure purchases on handbags and companies right. hard, but you may be able to finance a $200,000 house. <laughs> yeah. And, um, pay that off over time. And um, there's all sorts of tricks to paying off a house earlier as opposed to, um, you know, paying like a lot of people think I pay a monthly mortgage every month. No, make half of a monthly mortgage twice a, twice a month could give you an extra payment over that year. And now mm-hmm. you can on that house quicker. And over right. Years you'll see um, how much equity you have opposing to paying that monthly mortgage. There's all sorts of ways to pay down a mortgage quicker. So yeah, nice. Yeah. Those are good Ooh. tips. Yeah, it's doable. It's doable. Yes. So we just and gotta I think get that there. is so key because I think for a lot of people of color, especially, we don't see it, so we don't see it as possible. Mm-hmm. But when you actually mm-hmm. look at, I mean, there's so many things that you can do there's so mm-hmm. many pathways there's so many entryways into wealth mm-hmm. we just don't know about them we just mm-hmm. don't know right, about right. them yeah experience towards your principal you know over the course of a year over over a year could help you out tremendously over yeah. that term mm-hmm. over that term so and there's always an opportunity where we can save an extra you know two thousand twenty five hundred dollars make that payment towards your principal you mm-hmm. know pay some of the interest quicker and um and, and and theoretically, you'll just have more um, equity. I love that. Yeah, so true. And I think in general, too, and, you know, Marlon, you can weigh in on this a little bit. I think in general, uh, people in our community, I think we need to reframe how we look at wealth. Um, my fiance, his family is pretty much from Fifth Ward, East Side, Houston, you know, not the most affluent area. Um, but a lot of his family members own their home and have owned it for years. And I can't even imagine how much they've been stacking Mm -hmm. this whole time and investing. Um, but you know, you see their little, you know, one story in fifth ward and you don't think much about it. And it's like, we, we need to reframe how we look Mm -hmm. at wealth. Yes. Um, you know, and I, I think that we need to start there. That's, that's where I think we need to start. Yeah, yeah just because you don't see it doesn't mean they don't have it. Exactly. And do not take it wrong. We make the money. You can buy what you want with it. Mm-hmm. But it's just the, the the way we frame it, like you said, Tammy. Mm-hmm. We need to, yeah. to look at it differently. And frankly, a lot of Hispanic families are big on that. They pay their houses yeah. fast. And then yeah. back, to, back to what Andre was talking about earlier, they also are, are are more prone to let their kids stay with them mm-hmm. for quite a while mm-hmm. until they get them on their feet, right? Yeah. They're not yep. going them out at age 18. As a matter of fact, they they tend to be like, why, why are you leaving? What? <laughs> yeah. I'm 35. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, we, we got space. Yeah. I got to go, right? Yeah. <laughs> Whereas we, yeah, my mom was, she was like that at the college. My, my mom yeah. literally had a countdown on the calendar. I'm not <laughs> she had my days on the calendar. I was like, mom, come on. <laughs> she was all about that empty nest. That's funny. All about That's it. Funny. 
and, and just to kind of chime in on that, um, because we're talking about, you know, like home, homes and real estate and we were talking about, you know, Fifth Ward. Um, I actually lived in Frisco um, for about two years and I just moved um, in March. And mm -hmm. so while we were talking about, you know, that there at one point there were just two roads, mm -hmm. Frisco and Horny are now the two fastest growing cities in the in Texas. Um, wow. The average price of Frisco right now is about $435,000. Mm -hmm. And it goes up about 8.8% every year, year over year. And so you're seeing so many people seeing more and more equity in their homes just because of what Frisco is doing. I mean, Frisco has is now home to, you know, um, so many major corporations that just weren't there because this land is now there. So you're seeing more and more people build um it, which is bringing in more jobs and bringing in more opportunities for entry-level positions. There's, you know, FC Dallas is now there right off of um, Main Street, mm -hmm. World Cup Plaza, and all this stuff wasn't there. So when Sony starts coming in and building up these mid-rises in the Frisco Square, and then you see like these wood properties building up these huge $60 million multifamily communities that weren't thought about to be a little old Frisco 15, 20 years ago, are now like homes to Toyota. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. No, ten minutes up the street, you get into Plano. You're at, um, you know, HP and um, Bank yep. America corporate office. Yeah, I can so, speak to that. I mm -hmm. I understand. So, Marlon, I'm gonna give you that same question, the same one we just said, because you know, rolling right into what you just said, you started from the bottom as well. So, what would what kind of advice would you give to people that are starting at the bottom, but they don't have a lot to invest? They just want to start they just want to get in the right mindset yeah uh to to piggyback on on something andre said just just save uh if you if you are ready to get into the market but don't have a lot and you know a lot being you, you know you've got a thousand you got five thousand got ten thousand you know you wouldn't you wouldn't come to me but there are financial advisors that do handle people at that level uh, because mm. you you want to get someone who is going to pay attention to you and answer your calls and answer mm. your questions. Uh, so find someone who has, you know, doesn't have minimums uh, that are above where you are. Mm -hmm. uh, you also most people, you know, some people may have friends that are financial advisors, you know, some of them won't mind you picking their brains, asking questions about this and that. Just don't, you know, don't take advantage of their time, but mm -hmm. you know, ask a few questions, ask them where you want, where, you know, some good websites, some good uh, places to start and then just start building. Uh, you know, one of the things I, I want to throw this in, and we talk about generational wealth. I, I really wish people would think about their kids and just throwing small amounts on a monthly basis into an investment for the kids. Mm -hmm. yeah. For yeah. instance, uh, you can chunk some money at things that, that your kids understand, right? They understand Apple, they understand Nike, you know, things that they use. They understand Disney. Lord, do they understand Disney. <laughs> and throw some money into something that, that into an investment for them, you know, talk about it maybe once a quarter. Say, look, I put a hundred dollars here and this is where it is now. Mm -hmm. um, I know, you know, they're depending on their age, they may not understand, but, uh, 
they will when they hit 18 and realize, yeah, college is paid for. We're just going to sell all this Disney stock. And and those just little because it doesn't take as much as you think. You take advantage of compound interest. You take it. Well, I shouldn't say compound interest. It's more like CD. But you, you, you take advantage of the appreciation in the market. You take advantage of dividends that are being paid by these companies. Uh, and, and it just compounds on top of each other. And by the time you get, uh, to college age, you, you could have, have college paid for. And I, you know, I, in my case, if I would have chunked some money into Apple back then, they wouldn't, they, they would have been easily taken care of. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think so. A couple of things to what you said. Like you said, making sure that you have something left behind for your kids. I, I learned about a program and I can't remember the name of it. Um, but I learned about it, um, from the other side. We'll just call it that <laughs> from the other side. Um, and she told me that she, they let you was, in, how you get in there. I know, right? <laughs> um, she told me that there's a, a program. It's a state funded program, at least here in Texas. Um, where you put up $25 a month, uh, for the entire, you know, lifespan of your child. So when they're born to when they're 18. And when you do that, the, I guess the, and I don't know, you probably know the official term, Marlon, but the organization that you're putting the money into, it then turns around and pays for your college, the college tuition for your kids. Um, and so it's sort of like a, it's an, it's an investment account, but I just can't remember. No, you're not talking exactly about the 29, right? Maybe. Or, or, or you're not talking oh. about the, uh, the, the Texas tomorrow fund. Yes. Uh, it might, that might've been it. Cause I'm not sure that that one is still around. Mm. And mm. I say that because it, <laughs> it was a victim of its own success. It was like too good. Yeah. Right? Mm. And people <laughs> were taking advantage of it as they should, but they were like, uh, yeah, this isn't oh, beneficial. This isn't beneficial to the state. <laughs> we getting too many people at the top. Let's calm right. down. Right. We paying too many <laughs> colleges off. Uh, let's shut this down. <laughs> but I, I also like that point that you mentioned that there are financial advisors out there who can work with your budget and mm-hmm. work with where you're starting. Cause Correct. I didn't even know that. So, I mean, that's why I love having this conversation because right. I'm just learning all of these different resources and tools. Uh, <laughs> the Texas Tomorrow Fund did shut down, but it got reopened under the name Texan, Texas Tuition Promise Fund. Just want to throw that in there. <laughs> Texas. So they rebranded, basically. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Texas Tuition Promise Fund. Yeah, probably changed some rules. They got into some serious debt based on what I'm reading here. Uh, okay. So Marlon, if you had to choose, what is the one thing that every black person can do today to start building wealth? Get life insurance, mm. universal life insurance, not term. I mean, I mean, if you, if you got nothing, then term, right? Because term insurance means that you will have insurance if you die. And that's all, right? Mm-hmm. Consider that renting insurance. Mm-hmm. Because the only benefit you're going to get from it is if you die. 
-hmm. universal life, you throw money into it, you can use it to pull money out in the future. That money can be used for whatever you want. It mm -hmm. is tax free. You want to send somebody to college, use the money for college. You just pulled it out tax free. You can do that. Mm -hmm. Or take that money out for retirement before you start pulling money out of your 401k. Do that because that's tax free. The 401k, the IRAs, that's going to be taxed uh, at ordinary income rates, which is why I try um, my best to get people to to uh, phase out of those tax mm -hmm. deferred options. Um, so that once we get to retirement, all we have is tax free stuff, you know, Roth IRAs and I, uh, universal life policies. Mm -hmm. uh, so get life insurance. And, and one of the one of the strategies that people don't think about because they don't want to think about it. But if you got older relatives, I'm not talking 90, 95, you know, that kind of thing. But, you know, late 60s, 70s. It's okay to get an insurance policy out on them. It's going to be mm -hmm. expensive, but if you can have that conversation with them and tell them, hey, you've done awesome things for the family. You know, we appreciate all your contributions. We want to uh, get a benefit from all of this when, when you're gone. Right. Mm -hmm. You yeah. take a two hundred fifty, seven hundred fifty million dollar policy out. If you, as individually, can't afford it, get with some siblings, and y'all all contribute to paying that premium every month. It may, you know, you may think over a few years that might be, oh, that's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, but considering. Consider the fact that you finna get a million dollars when they pass. Now, I'm not saying you want them to die. <laughs> of course, right. of right. course. And you ain't trying to push her and push grandma in front of in front of the reindeer. <laughs> Poor <all> grandma. <laughs> right. But we all are gonna die, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, so you might as well get the uh, get some generational wealth started in in that way. And, and again, that's not for everybody because everybody isn't going to be mature enough to handle that conversation. Mm -hmm. But I'm just saying it is a, it is a strategy. I have to reemphasize that because I just, I just want to make sure people heard that because it reminds me of something I heard from Dave Ramsey and he's kind of hit or miss with me, to be honest, just because I don't he's feel like all his friend. advice. Yeah. yeah. I don't feel like all his advice you know, relates to our community. But there was one thing he said that did stick out to me. And it reminds me of what you just said, Marlon. And he basically said, one of the best ways you can get your family to the next step as parents is to pay off your debt. He said, that's it. That if, if you start nowhere else, pay off your own debt and you'll still give your kids a better life. And it kind of reminds me of what you just said, have life insurance. Yeah. That's it. If that's, if that's the minimum, if that's all you can do, start there. Exactly. You know? And because so that's I, just, a, I just had to. Yeah. That's a kickoff with an extra 70, you know, $750,000 million dollars at 30, 40 years old when you die that your kids have that you didn't have. Right. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's just. Which goes extra back to stuff. my initial statement. You're making life better. 
and, and making it easier so they're not starting from 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 scratch, yeah, right? Exactly. You're passing that baton yeah. uh, in that race. Yeah, and I I also you know I do know someone who um, so she had her own business um, and was doing quite well, and unfortunately she had three family members who passed away back to back to back. Mm. Again, this is this is someone in our community. So life insurance was just not even a thing. Yeah. Um, and so she and, you know, the rest of her family members had to kind of come up with money fast just to hold a funeral and bury them and all yeah. of that. And in that process, she lost everything because, mm. hello, that's three funerals back to back. No one's prepared. No one has money. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was a lot, you know, when when it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. It does not have to be that way. Yeah, so we've created um, these safeguards for a reason. Yeah. So let's exactly. use them. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason that life insurance, if you look at these corporate financial statements, one of the biggest assets is universal life policies or cash value life policy because mm-hmm. companies do that for their executives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So if they do it and they see it as an asset, and the IRS has made these rules favorable to this, yes. then they're trying to tell you that it's probably something you should do. Yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Exactly. Like my mom says, you got to pay to be born, you got to pay to die. It's just all, <laughs> you can't get out of it. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Might as well use it to your advantage. Uncle, Uncle Bobo ain't going to tell you that. <laughs> So, so Andre, what would you say is the one thing that every black person can do today to start building wealth? Buy property, buy property, whether it's mm. developed land, whether it's, you know, investment property, whether, you know, it's cross-sourcing and investing in multifamily, buy property. Mm-hmm. Um, it does not take as much as you think it does to get started in multifamily housing, um, you know, buying undeveloped land, like, you know, the whole, I love that we we brought up Frisco because Frisco was just a little country town now that it's the second fastest growing city in Texas. It just buy, buy land, and if you're if you have a roommate and you guys are both paying, you know, nine hundred dollars a month, that's a quarter million dollar mortgage. Yeah. And so that's definitely something that I always help with buy land, um, buy you know, rent a, don't rent an apartment, just. Buy land, get whether it's a townhouse, a condo, single family home, multifamily housing, develop land, buy land because you know it's an asset that will always, for the most part, appreciate and mm-hmm. you'll always see a return. Whether it's you know whether it's equity or you just need to sell some liquidate some assets and yep, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, <laughs> me and my fi- me and my fiance talked about it. We said if we can at least get somebody's house paid off in our family, or even if it's just a lot, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, Andre, final yes. question. <laughs> Would you have any advice to any aspiring Black entrepreneurs out there? What would be your piece of advice to them? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to try. Don't um, do your research. Do your homework. Um, mm-hmm. I always tell people, you know, a, a salary is great, but whether it's 50000 or 500000 a salary is just someone loaning you an opportunity. So don't be afraid to generate your own income and diversify your portfolio, whether it's, you know, I don't care if you're selling snow cones or a multifamily conglomerate, don't be afraid to start something diversify. I think 
now more than ever, I think it's important for people to see how multiple streams of income is important. And so um, that's definitely what I would say, you know, don't be afraid, do your research, save, and don't be afraid to reach out to people who've already either accomplished what you want to accomplish or people who have those skill sets. Yeah. Yep. That's great. I agree. Marlon, what about 100%. you? What would be your advice to any aspiring black entrepreneurs out there? To not, to not give up so easily hmm. because it's really going to be difficult at times. You're going to wonder why am I doing this? Should I go back and get this comfy W-2? But yep. it's it, it's a it's a it's a long game. If it was really easy, everybody would be doing it. I know that's cliche, but it is very much true. Mm-hmm. Pretty much true. Entrepreneurship, dumb, whatever. It ain't ain't for the faint at heart. Mm-hmm. But that's why the rewards are so great. Yeah. Right. Because you are going to be uh, sitting pretty in the long run. But to start, you know, I, I tell people and I've got clients, I, I had to talk one one lady off the edge from going back to her oil and gas job because mm-hmm. uh, they were wanting her to come back. And she was like, Mona, I'm just going to go back. And I'm like, no, 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 you're not. But I right. got okay. Well, this is what we remember. We said this was going to happen. We said that this was going to um, uh, uh, initially going to whatever, whatever. So just just hold on. And mm-hmm. you know, a couple of weeks ago, she's like, "Well, I'm I am busier than I've ever been. I've got these new contracts. I've got these." I said, oh, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Crazy. Somebody told you that. Let me see. Who? who <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's going to be, and, and you're going to have all these people telling you, girl, you need to go back to, you're going to be, and, you're, and those are the ones you need to get away from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And, and surround yourself with those people that are going to, going to tell you uh, to hang in there. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause you've got so many people and I, you know, we'll say and talk about the fact that it's black folks, you know, other folks do it too. Yeah. But, but there are a lot of people that will just not want to see you do well mm-hmm. because it validates their indecision and validates their uh, decision not to take a chance. Right. And because and, in their mind, they're thinking, well, see, I, I knew I shouldn't have, shouldn't stop and, and go write this book. And I, I knew I shouldn't open up this this uh, uh, child care because you know this is what happens and blah blah blah. They're just validating it by by seeing you fail, um, and and uh, that's that's just not someone you need to surround yourself with. Find mm-hmm. people who are doing the same thing, who are struggling with you. Get in Facebook groups with entrepreneurs. Get in, um, you know uh, those. Um, of you who are on Clubhouse, there's some groups that are unreal. Uh, get into those rooms and talk to and listen to those people uh, and, uh, and and get mentor at, at least one. It's okay to get two or three mentors uh, that have done it or are doing it and uh, mm-hmm. 
and 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 that's what that's what you do. But just don't don't give up. Don't give up. It's like uh, and real quick, it's, it, I tell my my clients, it's like like that jet at the beginning, you expending all this fuel. You know, mm-hmm. these engines are blaring, and you all kinds of energy is being being put forth. But once you get airborne and you start gliding, just like okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, can I add one more thing to that? Um, that yeah, Mr. Scott, um, you have to remember your why. Why are you doing that? Exactly. And if, and if your why is to create generational wealth, you have to remember you cannot pass down a good job. You know what I mean? You cannot. Mm. Pass down a good job. <laughs> right. good True job. that. Great. True that. Great. If you can, if you can have, you know, some assets, some companies. You can, you know, hire on, but you can't pass down. Yep. Yeah. That's a great I like point. that. That's going to be my new mantra. <laughs> we didn't make like t-shirt. four or five t-shirts this episode. Oh we need to get on Another it. T-shirt. <laughs> wow. Thank you guys so much. This was so awesome. Yes. Thank you. Oh my, you guys gave us so much to think about and yeah. to talk about. And what I'm truly hoping is that once we post this episode, we'll keep this conversation going yeah. in the comments and in the messages and stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause Absolutely. There's there's a lot to be talked about. And uh, you guys basically kind of sparked that conversation today. So, yeah. thank you. Love it. <laughs> thank you again for the invite. Yes. Thank you for sharing your expertise with us, us little people over here, you know, trying to learn, <laughs> trying to be like you. Awesome. So that's it. You guys have reached the end of our third episode in our Black Business series. Uh, Again, thank you both, Andre and Marlon, for coming out. Uh, Marlon, do you want to start by letting people know where they can learn more about you, where they can follow you, et cetera, et cetera? Yes. So the best place for me is on uh, LinkedIn. And that is under what well, you can do a search for my name, Marlon K. Scott, because there's actually another Marlon Scott in Houston perpetrating. Um, <laughs> and he's in financial in the financial industry. So I have to go find him and have a conversation. But, um, Look for the one with the goatee instead. Yeah. 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 Marlon, uh, Marlon K. Scott. Uh, CRPC is is the, the all the initials. That's the uh, Chartered Retirement Planning Counselor. Um, mm-hmm. You can shoot me an email at Marlon M A R L O N at W S F Advice. That's short. Well, Standard Financial short W S F A D C E dot com, and we can set up some time to chat. Awesome. awesome. Andre, and Andre? You? Please find me on my Facebook at AndreJShaw.com. That's A N D R E space J S H A W. Um, I'm always on my social media. I love to talk. Um, feel free to slide in a DM. And uh, just a reminder, we will have all this information um, in the description of the episode. Correct, Brian? Yes, please. It'll so, be in the show notes. Go down there, yeah. click their links, look at them, talk to them, 
feed upon their knowledge. Yes. (laughs) This is what they're here for. This is why they're helping people now. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And I think that's about it for this episode. I think I'm going to leave them on a cliffhanger again because I don't want to ruin the next topic that we'll be talking about. But it's going to be a doozy. Now, of course, if you're still stuck on this topic, you can (laughs) always go to our social media at Dear Me Podcast. Join the conversation. Talk with us about this. If you have any questions, let's hook you up. Or we can just tell you what point in the episode to rewind to, to listen to what the people that know what they're talking about were saying. Yeah. I got you. Yes. I tell you exactly where to go. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you all so much for joining us today. This has been a wonderful conversation. And uh, we'll talk to you next time.